The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Today, we are taking on the existentialistic question of who am I? Who am I making room in my life for me? And so many of us, especially in our middle ages, spend our life working for our children, for our family, doing every possible thing we can do to provide. And we tend to forget ourselves and we begin to not take care of ourselves. And when we do, we have to fit it in in between a whole bunch of other things. And as you do that over the years, especially when you vest yourself in your children, and invest yourself in your work, what you do is you tend to lose touch with what you are and who you are, what you're all about. And, and I can tell you, it's, it's an age-old argument that couples have, and, and the real definition of it is if you can find out if you or your spouse or you and your partner are having a character issue, a who am I issue, all you have to do is ask one simple question, where are we going to go to dinner tonight? And if the other partner responds with, I don't know, where do you want to go? And you're like, well, I wouldn't have asked the question if I didn't want to know. And so the deal is, is if nobody can make a decision in an adult life where you have to make decisions for you as a couple or you as a family, then what happens is that that fact that you can't answer the simplest question of where to go to dinner tonight defines whether or not you have character, whether you know who you are. And, and that challenge is a deep challenge. It's, it's, it's something you have to look deep, deep inside yourself. Because inside yourself is your ability and your energy to be able to give to others. And the deal is, if you can't access that and you're just phoning it in, what basically happens is you lose touch with yourself. And a lot of people do not realize that their whole life is spent coping rather than living. And coping is no way to live. Coping means getting by. Living is actually feeling alive. And this show, this show today is about how to begin to feel alive and how to define yourself. So here's the deal. Character is is just this simple. The ability to make a decision. If you can make decisions, then you build character. People who make decisions about who they are, what they want, what they like, what they don't like, people who are willing to express their character build respect from other people. People may not like your choices. You may like garlic or you may like something that uh, is not necessarily good for, for somebody else 
or something that, that they would choose, but that is who you are. And the more you define yourself, the more you define what you like and what you don't like, what you do and what you don't do, things like, uh, you know, if you're a, a lady, you may like going to the spa. If you're a man, you may like going play golf. I mean, if you integrate things into your life that you have great enjoyment and get great pleasure from, those things define you. Another thing that helps understand if you're lost in this world and have no character and don't know who you are is if people don't know what to buy you. If they don't know how to buy you a gift, then basically they don't know who you are. They don't know what you like and what you don't like. And, it, you know, you're just a ghost. And the deal is, is you're not going to enjoy your life living in a world where you're basically just trying to meet everybody else's needs. And that's called codependency. And codependency is not healthy. Codependency is not good. But we all learn to do that because we are so busy and so tired, we forget to take care of ourselves. What we don't realize is the more we take care of ourselves, the more energy we have and the ability to enjoy our life and to give. My grandmother... Uh, used to tell me something that was extremely important. She said, you have to give to yourself before you can give to others. And many of us parents think we have to give to our children before we give to ourselves. But the gift that we give ourselves is restoring our energy and our desire to be present with our children. That is huge. Being present with your spouse, that is huge. Being present with your family and your friends, enormous. And so many people don't. And you can ask a very simple question to people and you will find that they're coping with life. And that simple question is, when is the last time you felt peaceful? When's the last time you felt peaceful? And surprisingly, you will find that a lot of people can't even remember. And that's sad, but that sense of peacefulness is what you get when you do the things that define you. That is what you get when you truly enjoy yourself. I, I, I will tell you that for me, uh, cruising, I love to go on cruises, but I like to do them well. I don't like to do some cheap, crappy cruise. I want to go on something fun and interesting, and I like to go to the destinations and really study and learn about them and, and study the anthropology of their societies. So, the, But the deal is... Uh, that, for me, restores energy. That is huge. And it's a, it's a peaceful venture for me. And it's a way to get away with nobody calling, nobody bugging, and my mind is clear and, and I'm able to uh, restore my energy. And it, it does that every single time that, that I do that kind of a vacation. There's other things in life that, that, that give me great pleasure. Cooking is something that gives me enormous pleasure. And, uh, you know, that's always been to my detriment. But now I've uh, overtaken that quite a bit. But the deal is cooking is an enormous pleasure. So let's dive in to what character is and defining ourself. You know, everyone struggles to figure out who people truly are. Often when they define themselves, they focus on the negative or how they compare to other people. But you can define who you are by making positive choices. Know yourself. Self-knowledge, particularly non-judgmental self-knowledge, is an incredibly important skill to help define yourself. You know, we are sometimes our own worst critic unless we are, you know, narcissistic, you know, narcissists love themselves no matter what. And that's what their personality is and that's what their character is. But the deal is, 
you have to define yourself in positive ways. And so many people will look at their body or they'll look at their, their hair, or they'll look at their flaws, and that's what, how they define themselves. And when people ask them to talk about themselves, the first thing they bring up is their detriments. But what you want to do is look at your life and, and highlight in your own mind what you're best at because the more you're mindful and pay attention to what you're thinking, observing, your patterns of thought, uh, you might realize that you are an incredible person and you also have the right to talk about the good things that you do in life. But if you think about the negative things, you're going to establish a very negative identity of yourself. You know, we do stupid things in life and we have stupid events in life that do horrible things and they're, they're, they're mistakes, they're bad choices that we've made and we define ourselves based on those choices rather than who we are today. And, and that is sad because today means that change is always possible. Living in today, change is always possible. Notice how you identify yourself. Once you start paying attention to the way you think about yourself and about the world, look specifically for the ways in which you identify yourself. See what groups and communities you use to create your identity. All these uh, inform you on how you see yourself and tell you what you are letting define you. For example, uh, things like religion or nationality or sexual identity, we may see those affiliations as who we are, but that's not the truth. That's just who we are on the surface. You have to also look at the roles in your life that you currently take on, such as your job, your position in your family, your romantic status, and you want to evaluate that and say, is that really me? Is this all about me or is this who I am to other people? You know, you want to you also uh, do some things like jot down thought processes and self-definitions to become adept at seeing your thought processes and determine how you act and who you are. Write them down in a notebook and you'll be able to see how you consider yourself and it'll make it easier to eliminate the negative associations. Talking to uh, a therapist is also a good idea and doing those writing exercises is, is a very accommodating to that process. So, you know, here's some things you can do. Record your negative definitions. You know, pay attention to them. Get, get them out in the open and, and put all the terrible things that you think about yourself and just throw them on paper. And then what you do is sit down and look at your core values. And those values may or may not fit who you are. And so what is a value? Well, you know, a, a value is basically... Uh, something in which we have taken on to define who we are. And that definition uh, could be very simple, is uh, your loyalty-based, your uh, wisdom-based, your education-based, you're a compassionate person, or you're a hardline black-and-white thinker, you know, you believe in homeless shelters, you believe in giving to the community, you're highly religious. These are, these are values that we all take on in life. Also, uh, you know, you have to be honest with yourself, and you don't want to be overly critical. You, you want to be extremely open uh, with what you are and who you are about. Um, don't try to compare yourself to others. You, you can't. It wouldn't be fair to them or you because you have different backgrounds, different insecurities, different expectations of life, 
and yourself. And comparing two people is like taking off all those things and placing them as products. And you're not a product. You're a person. But many people are who what they represent rather than who they really are. And the more you get to know yourself, the better you are at developing relationships and communicating, and actually the more value you bring your life, including your job, your family, and your children. So, um, here's self-perception, and this is, this is a topic that we really have to begin to, to work on. You know, we, we've had the pleasure of knowing ourselves since the day we were born, but back in, in the beginning, we were a clean slate, a sponge that was ready to soak up work around us. And over the years, we've grown and adapted and altered our personalities and ourselves. And, and that's based on the environment we grow up in. And each individual has ever existed, existed had no choice but to live and function in a society, whether small or large. We each have no choice but to function within a group of people and somehow manage to work together and make all our lives pleasant as possible. You know, it's this issue of developing ourselves socially is what we do to please other people. But many times we avoid what our center of gravity is, and that's what I call a center of gravity, is what we always go back to as far as personal decisions. You know, peer pressure is commonly used uh, when uh, discussing influence on other people. But I, I don't think pressure is a fitting term. You know, pressure is pressure unless someone is pushing you in a certain direction. But it's you that's making the decisions on your own. And many people will do what is expected of them rather than do what they are about. You know, and in a high-tech, fast-paced world that we live in today, trends are shoveled down our throats nonstop, whether it be you know, new applications, uh, clothing, gadgets, books, movies, research, political views, even the way we look at uh, pop culture or, uh, you know, presented things that are viewed to be cool or uncool, fun, boring, good, bad, stupid or intelligent. Uh, you know, the world is continuously feeding us new information about the way things are. And then we're trying to adapt to that. What we want to do is we want to be who we are and adapt what we want to adapt into the world. We do not want to be accepted by the world. What we want to do is adapt to the world. You know, most things you hear or read are opinions, uh, one view of the world. You know, articles are one view of the world. Even me, this is one view of the world. You know, we get lost in life if we get tied up in what other people think and what other people want and we lose our individuality and if you do what your family wants if you do what your spouse wants if you do what your work wants you to do all of the time your life is going to be easier because you're cooperating but defining who you are is not going to work because you're going to be lost and sadly the vast majority of our population are lost. So here's some philosophies about individualism and this philosophies are important because they go back to our core being and uh, there's a lot of uh, lingo in philosophy but you know I'll, I'll try to put this in in very human terms but there's some really awesome philosophies that if you are ever to explore yourself and try to go well who am I look at these philosophies you know me I personally uh, gravitate to what's called 
existentialism. And, and that's basically ethics that's uh, basically an emphasis on moral individualism. It, it's ethics within the moment, meaning that I'm making choices in the moment. I'm not living in the past. I'm not living in the future. I'm consistently offering my human condition fully 100% to the person in front of me. And I'm nowhere but in front of them. And the purpose of my life is to be there with that individual and to have a conversation. I'm not lost in thought. I'm not lost in where I'm going. I'm nowhere but with the person I'm with. And if you vest in every single moment of your life and your moments with people, the moments with your children, the moments with your partner where you're fully engaged, fully there, what happens is magical because your energy, your intuition, your ability to think deeper thoughts are all there. A sense of peacefulness is all there because you have nothing fighting in your head. You're clear. And, and when you do the kind of work that I do, if you're into psychology, you have to have a clear head if you're going to help somebody. You can't be stuck in a bunch of dogmas of, of thoughts that you've said over and over in the past and expect it to fit in every person. You've actually got to sit down and truly invest yourself in where this person is and try to help them through where they are to somewhere better. But you have to know exactly where they are. You can't try to just do some generic thing and, and decide to help them. You've, you've got to reach individually, one by one, singularly with every person you engage. There's some other philosophies we're going to talk about real quick, and then we're going to move on into questions you need to ask about yourself and uh, other self-discovery. So this is Dr. Gary Bell. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to who am I making room for myself in this life? Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. 
or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Hey, this is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about uh, who am I? Trying to make room in this life for yourself, which is very hard to do, surprisingly. Um, philosophies are so important. I, I was talking about them in the previous segment, but we have got to gravitate to the idea that you, if you're going to be an individual in this life, need to have a fundamental philosophy. And I'm not saying it has to be a developed philosophy. What I'm saying is you have to have a philosophy of beliefs. That, that belief system is extremely important to how you function. I mean, if you think about it as a computer, it's like an operating system. Um, and many philosophies were created to make life more understandable and open our brain up to deeper thinking. Uh, philosophies give us a, a, a branch to communicate from. They're not necessarily right or wrong. They're not necessarily, it, it isn't a black and white thing. What it is, though, it is a sense of thinking that offers a perspective on the world and opens our mind up to different types of thoughts. Now, here is another individualistic uh, thought and philosophy, and it's called individualism. Individualism is a moral, political, and social outlook that stresses human independence and the importance of individual self-reliance and liberty. What's more American than that? <laughs> it opposes most external interference with an individual's choices, whether it's by society, a family, a group, an institution. It's also opposed to the view that tradition, religion, or any other form of external moral standards should be used to limit an individual's choices or actions. So that means that the only, only moral compass as to what is right and wrong is the individual. And some would say that's like being God. Others would understand that what that means is your, your soul is here on this earth for a reason. And if you're true to what your soul is, and your soul is needing to connect, it has to connect not only with the earth, but everything around us and each other. And, and that sense of connectedness by our soul is very good. And it's got awesome intentions. And the more we get centered on what are we here for, what is our soul's journey about? You know, I often say this, we're a soul living a human life. That means that our soul is our trajectory that is our natural place where we're supposed to go in this life. That means that's what our natural talents are, our natural passions are. And the other thing is our human life. And most people, especially leading up to midlife, oftentimes just live a human life. They have their house, they have their children, they have their family, they have their routines. They do the same thing. They have the same conversations over again. Over again. They do the same job. They do blah, blah, blah. It's just the same old crap over and over again. And that's a human life. That is not a soul's journey. What you want is your soul's journey and your human life to match each other. And you have to fit it in. And sometimes you do things you don't like doing, like your job. You may not like it, but that means you have to find your human life, or your soul's journey, outside of your work. And you may have to discover that in your human life. There's another philosophy. It's called uh, ethical individualism. And, and this is about the individual conscience or reason is the only moral rule. Reason is the only moral rule, and there is no objective authority. That means that you make decisions in the moment with all the facts that you have, 
rather and you deduce what the best thing is to do from the situation you're in not from history not from what's expected of you but what is best in that moment and so that means you're, there is no objective authority or standard that is bound to take an account and and this was a extremely uh well developed philosophy eth- ethical individualism in uh, Scotland at the school of common sense and uh, and that was late in the 18th century by the way and uh you know this philosophy in general shares a lot of what individualism is and it shares a lot of what an es- existentialistic thinking is and once again the existentialistic thinking is you exist you exist and that's the purpose of your life in the moment you're in okay some division uh, some people are also egoists now that sounds like a, a negative thing but this is the ethical position that moral agents ought to do whatever is in their own self-interest. Although they usually do not argue uh, that uh, selfishness is, is good in this philosophy, rather they would argue that individuals are not duty-bound to any socially imposed morality, that individuals should be free to choose to be selfish or not. That means that we do not have to wear the same clothes as everybody else wears. That means that we may like things that other people don't like. Uh, we are not looking for social approval. And there's another uh, rule of life that is extremely important. It's called the 1840-60 rule. And uh, Dr. Daniel Amen talks about this oftentimes, and I, I love this, this analogy. And it's basically from 18 to 40, we spend our life trying to be accepted. We do everything uh, that our parents and our friends, we, we try to say, okay, I go on vacation, I have a job, I have a house, I have a family, I did all the things right, I have saving for retirement. See, look at me, I'm such a great adult. And by the time we're, we're around 40, at least from Dr. Amon's perspective, is that we realize people really don't think about us that much. That we're not nearly as important as we thought we were, even to mom and dad, even to our brothers and sisters, even to our spouse, even to our children. They just don't think about us as much as we think they do. And once you free yourself of doing things for other people's perspective and put back on yourself that, well, well, I'm going to start doing things for me. I'm going to start doing it the way I want to do it. Whether it's convenient or not for other people, I'm going to make room for me. By the time you're 60, basically, you realize nobody ever thinks about you whatsoever. And once you get to that point, you have freed yourself completely of any social norms and you can do the things that you love to do in this life and you have to find a way. What you have to examine when you're making all these choices is your intentions. Your intentions are everything. Your intentions are always the backbone of your decision-making in life. And so you, when you make choices, need to understand your intentions because most of our intentions are not negative. They are positive. And that is how we get forgiveness in this life. So here's some questions to ask yourself. So the, here's the, the, the most basic question is, who am I? You know, this, this question helps reveal your existence as an energy, an a being of energy in our life. You have entered this world as a ball of energy. Now, what are you going to do with it? You know, it's not about our bodies. It isn't 
it isn't an exploration. This whole who am I is not an exploration of our tangible body. This is about our soul. What do I need right now more than anything else? You know, too often we neglect what we most need to be happy and healthy. You know, I, I, I can tell you sometimes I, I just go, wow, what do I re- need right now? I need a nap. You know, it could be simple as that. I, I need a snack. I, I need some water. You know, I, I, I need to take a break. I need to have a conversation with a friend. I need to have a more positive experience. I'm having a tough day. You know, you have to constantly look at yourself and go, what do I need right now? And, you know, what meaning is another question can I draw from this experience? You know, if you're having a negative event with somebody, you can turn it into a positive event by making it a learning experience. And, you know, so many times we are defensive in this life. We're terrible listeners. We listen. We just talk over people. We don't care what they have to say. We just care about what we're thinking. And if we hear something we don't like, we respond to it. But, you know, what you want to do is be able to become a good listener. And if you do this, you can draw meaning from any negative experience. Also, you want to know what feeling do I most want to have in my life? What do I want to be doing more of in my life? What do I want to be doing less of in my life? And if you want to stop being the taxi cab for your family and you want to start doing some things that are peaceful and give you some relief, that may be a good thing. That may be important. Maybe there's other people in life that can help you. Maybe there's other parents that have to do the same thing you can that can help transport your children. There's so many options and possibilities. But the problem is we're all control freaks and we don't want to ask for help. But if you are crowding your life with doing things for other people, you may forget that you need to take care of yourself. And this is a shared existence with lots of souls walking the earth. And many of them want to help you. And it's so important to enlist people's help who are willing to help you. The other thing is, and this is about your passion. What are my gifts? How can I share them with the world? I know people in this life that work things like they'll work in the medical field and they make great money and they're doing great things, but they're not into it. It's not who they are. What they'd rather be doing is maybe uh, teaching or doing research or creating something or, or uh, inventing something, but they don't have time because they fill their whole life with what they are uh, doing for their job. Some people play the piano and they love music, but it doesn't bring them money and they're afraid to jump into that. Some people are, are like creative art or volunteering their time, but they don't make time for that. Well, you do need to make time for that because you will do everything a million times better with more meaning if you do the things that you love. And many people don't even know what they love. The other thing is, is that, you know, as we work, we need to put into the framework, especially if you're working a job that you don't like, you need to really put it in the framework of this job is supporting me. It is supporting me being able to do the things that I love. We sometimes have to work to do the things that we love. And so if it is, it is helping me, then job, our job, our work life becomes a positive. But if we look at it, it's our whole life, this dictates everything I do, then it's not uh, something that we love. And we have made it the center of our life and our life becomes very negative.
The other th- question you want to ask yourself is, how can I celebrate each day in the moments of my life? And what we, have to, what we so often forget is the little successes. You know, we thrive on positive compliments, positive things that people notice. You know, we want to recognize people and be grateful. You know, if people have done nice things for us, we want to thank them. If somebody is having a, brought a, a very good thing into your day, compliment them. Tell them, thank you so much. This made my day. You know, we need to focus on the good things that people do. And another thing that my grandmother taught me, and it was so critical, is that she used to give compliments to every person she met, even if they were the most disgusting human beings in this life. And by doing that, she built an enormous amount of friends. And, and you know, that is the way to go. And when you want to have a positive life, when you want to have a rich life, then you need to be positive with other people. You want to ask good questions and, and use your intuition and say, wow, you seem to care about this, this, this. You know, these observations are also things we need to make about ourselves. But we also need to understand that if we're going to define ourselves, our best way to define ourselves is through compassion, things that lead to growth, and contribution. Because these develop memories. And the lastly, appreciation. Appreciation is everything. And here's a word that is so important, empathy. Empathy is the ability that when someone jumps off the cliff, we don't jump off with them. We stand at the top and say, geez, that sucks for you. I'll come and get you a rope and try to help you out. But we don't jump off and jump with them and sit down there and sympathize. We empathize. And if you want to do that, if you look at life from a sense of empathy, then what you do is you become so much more constructive and your life is so much more valuable. So what is self-discovery? You know, uh, it's, it's a becoming aware of one's true potential, their character, their motives, you, you know, ignorance towards your true self is something you can live with your whole life. You know, self-discovery means a lot of things. It means finding your purpose. It means digging deep into your childhood and revealing the experiences that shaped you, good and bad. It means realizing that, that your beliefs are, and by living them, you are discovering what you are about. That you're trying to find what your beliefs are and you try to live by them. The effects of self-discovery include happiness, fulfillment, clarity, uh, maybe even enlightenment. And the journey, however, is, is not always easy. The journey includes fear, confusion, misunderstanding, doubt, literally revisiting all your choices. You know, it's, you got to just spring clean your mind, you know, do the spring cleaning on your mind, your emotions and your surroundings, including people in your life. You have to make, if you're going to self-discover, tough decisions and you got to stick to them because you've got to define your character. That means you're consistently making the same type of decisions. You know, if you're going to cut people out of your life, if you're going to be a taker, then that means that people are going to migrate away from you. You know, that's not going to help you. You have to be courageous. If, if you're afraid of conflict, then what you want to do is you have to begin understanding how to develop relationships. And that is a journey of self-discovery. That's a courageous journey. And that's where we want to 
no longer have negative or big expectations of other people. We want to learn how to accept other people for who they are and what they're about. And uh, instead, y- y- you want to look for answers as to how to see what makes them tick and stop judging. If you're going to work your way through life being judgmental, what you're going to do is you're going to back everybody out of your life. You know, what I know for sure is the journey is worth taking of self-discovery. You know, what I know for sure is that, you know, I've been hard on myself my whole life. Uh, You know, I've not always been truthful with myself and had unrealistic expectations, setting myself up for disappointment. But, you know, why do we do this? Why do we lie to ourselves? Usually it's because we see ourselves from how other people see us rather than who we are. And that means our motive is to please others. You know, also what I know for sure is that being true to my feelings and acknowledge them is, is, is it's like validating them releases the fear in me. You know, it, my fear is not good enough. I can't live in fear. When I have to live in faith. And faith is not religion. That's not what I'm talking about. Faith is a sense of living with being able to make a choice and then accepting the consequences of that choice and its impact on other people. And sometimes we have to take lots of leaps of faith. That means that we have to choose to believe in someone instead of be negative and cautious about someone. Sometimes we have to take people at their word. Sometimes we have to learn to have faith in someone. Maybe we don't trust them, but we have faith. And by doing that, we develop a relationship. We also have to stop lying to ourselves about how we are. And many people are not willing to accept how other people view them. And that's not a good thing. You want to take in how everybody views you. That is their truth and they're entitled to it. Don't take that away. If you don't like how other people see you, you will never see yourself. And so what you want to do is when people offer you a negative perspective, and I've said this in counseling many, many times, you know, if my wife were to tell me you're the the evilest, worst human being in the whole world and and start using a lot of uh, negative words... My job is to go, I'm sorry you feel that way. What makes you feel like that? How did you decide that this is who I am? Because I need to understand. Because if I'm coming across like that, I need to take responsibility for that. That is part of the journey of self-discovery is being willing to take in how other people see us. And that means everybody. Everybody. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go into who I am and what I am to others. And then we're going to go on and explore more about authentic self and other thoughts. So come right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. 
You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about the question of who am I? How to make room in this life for me? All right, well, let's look at a who am I question. And, you know, I have to really correct something because, you know, part of self-definition is really the question what am I? Who am I is, is about more of who I am to myself. And what am I is more about who I am to the world. And what we all have to realize is that our life is a bag full of memories. And in that memories, those memories are, if we have a legacy of our life after we're gone, are what are contained in other people, not what are contained within ourselves. So what am I is as an important question to ask yourself as who am I? You know, uh, what am I rather is the primary question of knowing what I am sets the big picture for the context for the living of day to day of who I am. Now, I know that sounds like a very strange statement, but if I have a false understanding of what I am to other people, I can never live authentically with who I am. Now, that is critical. When we're gone from this planet, what, what we're about, uh, what we'll be, and what, what our life has been about is relevant, is who we have become in the awareness of our life. That means that what in life we have been to other people is sometimes more important than who we are to ourselves. You know, who we are in any one moment, in our self-perception of who we are, this perception is influenced by what we do for a living, by our environment, by how we're perceived by other people in our mind, by how we see ourselves in relationship to others, and, and many other factors. And if we choose to perceive ourselves by, let's say, a negative thing, you know, I perceive myself as not being liked by people, then you're going to behave as a who am I differently in that environment than you would as who I am in an environment where you feel like you're being respected. You know, the act of defining ourselves becomes more and more healthy the nearer it gets to the truth of what we are. That means who we are and what we are come together so that who we are to other people and what we are to other people is legitimately the same as what you get when you get me at work, what you get when you get me at home, what you get when you get me in functions. All of them are the same. All are the same. True self-knowledge, you know, empowers us 
false de- definitions limit us. If we see ourselves, okay, I'm a very, I'm a very uh, negative or critical person. If we're going to define ourselves in terms like that, then what we're going, or I'm a very uh, sad person, or I, I don't like my life, or I don't like other people. That's a, that's a philosophy. That's a value that we gravitate to. And if we define ourselves in that way, we will be that in our life. We do not have, you know, you are what you think, and you do not have to live in the idea of thinking negative things and becoming those things. You know, the, we can self-correct. You know, we are the the one who runs this life, and you have to own your life and take ownership and decide what is going on in my brain and how do I change it. If I'm going to think I'm a negative person, I'm going to start thinking I'm going to be a positive person. I am going to talk positively to people. I'm going to encourage people and spend a day doing that and see how it feels and then spend another day and then spend a week. And suddenly it builds itself into change and change feels good. So who am I to others? You know, am I a business owner? Am I a doctor? Am I a therapist? Am I my children's father? I'm a husband. You know, these roles and relationships are important, but they are what we do, not who we are. So, you know, we have to ask, who are we? You know, I, I want to be, when I'm my children's father, the same person. When I'm a husband, I want to be the same person. When I'm doing therapy, I want to be the same person. And that means I have to be, once again, fully present. You know, here's a good exercise. Take a brown bag or take a bag. And pick objects in your life that represent you as an individual. And if you were to introduce yourself with those objects, what would go into your bag? You know, how do you usually introduce yourself to others? What, what's more important for them to know about you? Do you have a biography? Have, have you written a paragraph about who I am so you can introduce yourself or other people can introduce you? You know, are, are there positives that you define yourself by? You know, why don't you write a biography? Why don't you write a paragraph about who I am? You know, how might your spirituality affect defining yourself? You know, th- these are questions you want to ask. You know, imagine yourself at a funeral surrounded by family and friends. How would they speak about you? What would you want them to say? Have you ever thought about writing your own eulogy at a, at a funeral? You know, that's, that's huge. You know, uh, you also want to ask yourself what areas of life you would want to do over. And how can you reconcile that? Because do-overs are important. There may be change that's happened in your life today that you wish you had the perspective on the situation that you have today and you can go back to that situation or the individuals that were influenced by that and see if you can change it. And that feels good. So what is this authentic self? You know, are, are, are you living in a fictional life or are you living in an authentic life? You know, it, it, are you living a secret life? Are you a person out there just sitting back and keeping secrets from everyone in the world about who you are and what you like to do? Because who you are is really what you do when you're alone and what you gravitate to. That's huge. How you conduct yourself in your individual time when no one's looking, that is your authentic self. Now, can you be that authentic self when you're with yourself and when you're with other people, when you're with your children, when you're with your family? Can you actually be that authentic self? If you have to lock yourself up and look at pornography, if you have to spend your life 
you know, masturbating or doing whatever you're going to do, and that's what you do in your individual time, you're actually taking away from your family, you're taking away from the people you connect with. So, you know, if you're doing negative things like smoking pot or taking drugs or drinking alcohol in your personal time, that is who you really are right now. And if you want to change yourself, you have to decide to put those things away and make becoming aware and becoming cognizant and becoming existing in the moment the more important part of who you are. You know, what is a fictional self? You know, if you're not living uh, faithfully to your authentic self, you're incomplete. You're always feeling empty. You're always searching for who am I. So oftentimes our alone time is spent uh, avoiding the question. Authentic self is your absolute core. Um, It's not defined by your job, your function, or your role. It is a composite of all your skills, talents, and wisdom. And let's hope that you have a job that will actually magnify that to where you can touch other people's lives. Let's hope your job is bigger than you and you actually bring that wisdom and those skills and your passions to that job and that's how you you make the world go. I mean, you go to like a place like JPL where they have these incredible scientists and they're not normally very good communicators, but boy, they can build a rocket that goes all over the, the universe. And this is incredible talent and does great things for the human race, but it may not have to do with communication. Not all of our passions and talents have to do with interacting with others, but ultimately they do interact with each other through our ideas and our creations. And so we have to let that, that person go. We have to let ourselves live in that world. Now, here's how negative views of yourself can influence you, you know, how you can overcome them. You know, start paying attention to the moments you define yourself. When you stop and ask yourself, you know, is this really true or if it wasn't true? Um, you know, if you, you have been accused of something by somebody, you know, really stop and ask yourself, is there, is there truth in what they're saying? Do you have the strength in yourself to actually, if you have been accused of something, to actually admit or not admit to in yourself whether or not it's true or there's anything about it that's true? You know, you want to write down your negative definitions and get them out of your head or make changes that will push you away from those negative views. You also want to redefine yourself and you want to ask yourself, what do I need to change about me and what would feel better? What do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And you know, as children define themselves, you'll notice that they do things like dress the same as their friends or listen to the same music or have the same gadgets, do all the same things that their friends do. That's part of a discovery, self-discovery. We may borrow things from other people that, to see if they fit us. You know, you may start listening to a different type of music. Uh, me personally, I know this is going to offend some people, but I don't like country music. I'll listen to it. I will listen to it, but I'm just not into it. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. But uh, the deal is that uh, I have to be willing to to listen. I've got to be willing to accept that it's out there and, and try to uh, uh, not bury myself in the idea that I will never listen to country music. Um, you know, my wife who likes country music may speak to me and say, hey, you know, listen to this song and listen to what's being said. And, and you have to be willing to lis- listen deeper to what other people like and don't like to be able to understand that the world is not a black and white place. You know, stop 
defining yourself in negative and limiting ways. Stop being afraid to see yourself and brave, bold. You, you want to you, you be a brave, bold, and courageous person. You don't want to let old definitions define you. You want to let your heart be out there and, and be willing to be hurt and be willing to take risks. You know, Gandhi said a beautiful thing, my life is my message. And you want to ask yourself, what kind of message do you want to leave? Okay, so we've gone through a whole lot of things, but what we're going to talk about is uh, self-actualization. And that is uh, a theory uh, that has been out there by all kinds of different people, but Abraham Maslow developed a hierarchy. And uh, what he basically said is, here's how we begin to define herself. We look at our physiological needs such as food, sleep, and air. The next thing we look at is safety the needs for security and protection. Once again, this is the building of a human being. Safety, the needs for security and protection, especially those that are, uh, uh, if you're in a, a very uh, socially unstable environment, you may never get past safety. You may never get past food if, if that is the challenge. You know, our most primitive ancestors lived trying to survive. And so basically, they never were able to get beyond their physiological needs such as food, Safe, or food, sleep, and air, and they may not have been able to get by safety. So once we start getting by safety, we start to look at the idea of belonging and love, including, uh, you know, taking and giving and, and, and being able to have relationships and, and grow rather than be just out there by ourselves. And this sense of belonging and love is something that we have to evolve to because we may be buried in physiological and safety needs. And like third world countries, they don't get beyond this. And I don't know if you've ever been to a third world country, but if you can't protect your children and can't protect yourself, you really are not going to be able to invent something that's going to change world, the world. You're not going to have an education system that's going to change the world. Big ideas do not come from places where people are scared. Also, the next step after belonging and love is needs for self-esteem and self-respect and, and feel like we are positively viewed by other people. The next step is being, and, and that is self-growth. And that means uh, looking at our potential and our meaning in our life. And these hierarchies are critical. These hierarchies are critical physiological, safety, belonging, self-esteem, and being. Being is the ultimate goal, and that deals with this question of who am I? You know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Viktor Frankl, Nelson Mandela may serve as examples of people who each personified a reality of self-actualization. You know, at the risk of his life, Mahatma Gandhi utilized civil disobedience for purposes of freedom passive resistance. He was also used by Martin Luther King Jr. Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor who never relinquished his grasp of life's meaning, which was being present at all times. Nelson Mandela maintained an attitude of meaning in life while he was imprisoned. You know, the safety needs of these individuals may have been threatened in these particular uh, life circumstances, but it may be understood that many 
people whose safety needs are compromised may be cognizant of being valuable. You know, they, they, they realize that their life could be an example of what to follow to create free will and determinism. So these are the things that we're looking at. Now, our show next week is going to be a real winner. Uh, Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. This is our show today. Our next show is Bullies and Assholes. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Remember, the only reason that somebody is fat is because a tiny body could not hold all that personality. And uh, W.C. Fields said a great one. I'm free of all prejudice. I hate everyone equally. <laughs> he was a great uh, movie star back in the 30s. I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for joining. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.